0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Stories in My Head, and I am your podcast host, Sarah Armstrong. We are up to episode number four of our current project, Pups, Politics, and Power, which is the true story of my um, foray into the land of politics and becoming an elected official of a small town in Alabama. We know that it has to do, so far, we've talked about it, a a dog racing track being placed in a small rural community and how that community decided it was going to protect itself by incorporating and becoming a town so it could control The influx of of businesses and other things um, that came were drawn there by the dog track, and also to deal with some county and state officials who probably didn't have the best interest of the community at heart. Well, at the end of episode three, I had just been elected to be the first mayor of the newly incorporated town of Shorter. Alabama, and the mayor of the city of Tuskegee, Alabama, was feeling a little frustrated because he had hoped the dog track was going to be built near his city. It wasn't. It was built in Shorter. So the dog track is being built. The town of Shorter has been formed, and there is much for me to do as the newly elected mayor. But Johnny Ford, the mayor of the city of Tuskegee, was furious, he really was. And he was also a little bit desperate because he had planned, since this dog track he thought would be built near his city limits, he would just reach out and annex the dog track, make it part of the city of Tuskegee, and reap all the benefits of taxes and so forth. But now, a dog track was 15 miles or so away down in Shorter, and what was he to do? Well, he came up with a rather unique plan. I use the word unique advisedly, it was patently ridiculous. Highway 80, U.S. Highway 80, connected shorter in Tuskegee. It was almost a straight shot. Very few bends in the road. You got on that and you headed east, and there you were uh, in Tuskegee. So he decided he was going to extend the city limits of the city of Tuskegee down one side of Highway 80, around the dog track, and back up the other side. So literally Tuskegee would be in Tuskegee, but the other part of Tuskegee that was going to be in the city limits would be 15 miles away and shorter. There are a number of things wrong with that proposal. First of all, in order for the city of Tuskegee city limits to come down and go around the dog track, they would have to cross the city limits of shorter. So one city limits would cross another one. In fact, it would cross it about three times to go down, around, and back up again. You can't do that. That's against... That you can't. It's against the law. Not possible. The other part of it is that proposal to reach out and grab something that far away and pull it into your city limits when it's not even touching your city limits has a name. It's called gerrymandering. In other words, for some specific purpose, you want something that's way far away from you to be a part of your city. This is a tactic that is often used to redraw congressional districts or redraw other kind of limits for purely political purposes. It was used a lot during the Civil Rights Movement when, it, when uh, the schools were being integrated. And the school districts would draw these crazy school district limits jutting back and forth and in and out so that it went around every household that had school-age black children in it. And it was, it was deemed to be absolutely illegal by the courts. Again, I bring this up, and I brought it up a couple of times already. The people in the county and in the city of Tuskegee who were advocating for this were people who had fought in the civil rights movement. There were lawyers who had filed suits against school systems and others for gerrymandering, and here they were doing exactly the same thing. But now it was for their own purposes so they could get the revenue from the dog track. Johnny Ford also started building, putting up uh, light poles that carried heavy-duty electric cables. He was still determined that he was going to supply the dog track with electricity, even though Alabama power lines were right there near the dog track on highway on Interstate I-85, but he still spent all this money to put up these um, high-level, heavy-duty power lines hoping to supply the dog track. So, when he announced this new plan for city limits, the attorney for the city of Shorter, immediately filed a a case with the court saying, no, he can't do this, and here are the reasons. It's gerrymandering, and it requires one city limit to cross another city limit, and that's just not going to happen. And I even said to some people in the city of Tuskegee and in the county, I said, "You got, if you get away with this, if you have this happen, you're opening the door again to make gerrymandering legal. And it's going to be used for purposes that you never thought of. And sure enough, almost as soon as the city of Tuskegee said it was going to extend its city limits that way. There was another city in Alabama called Anniston, Alabama. Anniston, Alabama, the city schools of Anniston were almost predominantly were predominantly white. Outside of Anniston, I, I don't know, four or five miles maybe, a brand new housing development was built many, many homes and the the people in those homes wanted their children to go to the Aniston city schools rather than the county schools. So following the example of Tuskegee, Anniston was going to extend its city limits out three or four miles, go all the way around this housing subdivision and back up to the city of Anniston so that the children in that subdivision could go to the city schools. Absolutely illegal. But if Tuskegee was gonna get away with it, Anniston was going to try, and I'm sure there were other places who would have tried the same thing. In addition to the lawsuit and the uproar and the objections filed by the city of Shorter, There was another problem with this scheme, other than it being just patently ridiculous. It was, the law in Alabama stated that if you have a city limit, that city can impose taxes in a two mile radius outside of their city limits. So if you live within 2 miles of the city limits that's not in an, that is not part of another city that city can impose taxes so in theory the city of Tuskegee as it went down highway 80 and up the other side could impose taxes on anything that was along highway 80 2 miles on either side There were houses there There are a few businesses there. And one of those businesses was owned by a man we'll call Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson was, in the best sense of the word, an Alabama good old boy. He was a hard-working man, and he had a dairy farm. And not just a dairy farm. This was a dairy farm worth millions of dollars. And it fell within that two-mile radius that could be taxed. The very reason he put his dairy farm where he put it was because it was in the county, and he knew exactly what kind of taxes he was going to have to pay. But here was the potential for the city of Tuskegee To tax his dairy farm. And he strenuously objected. He said surely if they were going to set these new city limits. That the very minimum they would have to do. Is get the permission. Or a referendum or something from those who would be affected. In this two mile area. And that he didn't want to be a part of it. And that any such move without some kind of referendum or or some kind of consideration of those who would be affected was not legal. And so he and others who fell within that jurisdiction, who had standing in that debate, filed the lawsuit against the city of Tuskegee. Well now that was just a blow to Johnny Ford he didn't know what to do he came out and said oh those of you who are concerned because you fall within this 2 mile area don't be b- i'm not going to tax you i promise i give you my word i won't tax you but that really wasn't good enough for those who were affected and they went ahead and av- and went to court And eventually obtained, I guess you would call it an injunction to say, uh, no, you cannot do this. You cannot run your city limit that way across somebody else's, another city's city limits, taking in land without the permission of the people that you're going to include in this two-mile way. That's not happening, Johnny Ford. You can't do it. And so, you would have thought at that point he would have given it up. He would have said, Well, okay, um, I, I'm, I, I'm beat. But no, 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 no. Because he's losing huge amounts of money that he had counted on. So he came up with another idea. He came, still came down Highway 80. But just before he reaches the city limits of Shorter, he would take his city limits down an access road that led to the high school, Deborah Cannon Wolf High School, and then he would extend the limits down that access road and across private property until it got to Interstate 85 then down Interstate 85, kind of coming up on the back side of the dog track, then around the dog track, back up I-85, back across private property, back ac- down or up the access road, and then up Highway 82, Tuskegee. That was That was even worse. You're going to go down... <laughs> across someone's privately owned property and run your city limit across it, and not ask them, not ask permission, not tell them, not hold a vote, not hold a hearing, nothing. You're gonna run your city limit along an interstate highway around the dog track. It's ridiculous. And of course, that didn't stand either. And all of his efforts to incorporate the dog track into Tuskegee to, or an annex it into Tuskegee failed. But it showed the level of desperation. And it also showed that the, those county officials and whatnot, even though some of them said, well, we're neutral in this issue, they were willing to compromise what they knew was right and what was legal in order to support this move by the city of Tuskegee so it could get more money from the dog track. Well, it didn't work. And finally, they gave up. Finally, they said, this is just, this is just, this is not going to work at all. And they moved on. So the dog track is in in full bloom now. It's being being built. We've got truckloads of materials coming through. We've got all kinds of uh, change going on. And the city of Shorter now has to learn how to take care of itself. In the midst of all this going on, everybody wanted to come in and build something. They wanted to build a hotel. They wanted to build a truck stop. They wanted to build a convenience store. They wanted to put up tip sheet stands, that is, little stands where they sold the equivalent of racing forms for the dogs and we as the city of Shorter had to figure out how to handle all this. We were able to set up a zoning regulation to say businesses could only operate in certain places. We were able to put in force a city sales tax so that any transactions that went on within the city limits of Shorter, we got some money out of it. In order to do business, because at that time, the city of Shorter was my kitchen table, that's the office we had. Through the kindness of someone um, who owned a small house, in I guess what you would call downtown Shorter, near the post office, volunteered to rent us this house for a very small amount. And so Shorter finally got an official city hall, if you will, a town hall. We were also able to hire a very nice uh, woman locally to become our town clerk. Um, She is a person who had experience running a government office before. And she came in, and we were able to get, you know, you had to get filing cabinets and a copying machine and a fax machine and a telephone installed. We had to let everybody know what the phone number was. um, And there are all kinds of forms you have to fill out with the state and with the county so that shorter would be recognized. You had to put up signs showing where the city limits were. All of these kinds of things had to be taken care of, and I didn't know anything about all of that, but I had a great deal of help, and here again was where black and white kind of disappeared. It became about getting the city up and running, It became about making sure that we were running our city council meetings correctly. It became about making sure that things were documented correctly. All of those things had to be done. Now, you have to remember, my being the mayor, it sounds very exciting, but I wasn't getting paid anything for this. We were paying the town clerk a little bit of money, and it was so essential that we have her because I didn't feel totally comfortable as being the only person holding on to the checkbook all the time. Yes, we had multiple signatures at the bank, but that really needed to be locked up and secured somewhere other than at my house. And all of these things were things that we had to deal with and figure out how to pay for. And the people of Shorter pulled together to see that this got done. And I would really say that that little town coming of age and coming from itself, coming into fruition, becoming a place with respect and a place that had stood up to the powers that be, it brought a great sense of pride to people who were there. You could see it. I'm from the town of Shorter. You mean you made Johnny Ford turn around? He can't do that to us? He can't come down here and run the city limits through us? No, he can't. Because I think this was very much a community that felt that they didn't have any rights, that they didn't have any, they had no power to stand up against anybody to do anything, that they were forgotten, that they had no power, they had no presence, they had no respect. And here they were, as frightened as they had been at the beginning, they were now truly Standing up taller and and being very proud of what was going on. And in some ways now, looking forward to this dog track coming. It was going to be a nuisance, yes. But it was also going to bring in money. And they had also been promised that they were going to get jobs there. So there was a brand new attitude that came about among the residents of Shorter. People came by my house just to talk and some people brought me, it it was kind of like I remember my my maternal grandfather was a a pastor in, in rural Alabama. And he would tell me that many times he got paid in sweet potatoes and chickens and cabbages rather than money. And people were bringing, um, you know, freshly picked uh, and shelled black-eyed peas to our house. They would bring by uh, casseroles that they had made. They would bring all kinds of things to me and to my family as a way kind of of saying, thank you for doing this. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for helping us deal with this great, huge thing that has come into our community. Let me tell you, though, that I was not very popular among the county officials. I had to deal with them. I had to talk with them, but they, they were not happy with me at all. Um, They tried to label me as an an interloper, an outsider. Where has she been? She didn't even live here. Her parents weren't brought up here. Where'd she come from coming here telling you guys in Shorter what to do? They were really, really upset that the very people they feared the least had done the most to frustrate their efforts but shorter was moving forward shorter was growing and the dog track neared the time when it was going to be completed and and what would that what would that mean how many cars every day would come in there would be matinées that they would have on i think it was Wednesdays and Saturdays i'm not sure um, what would it mean to have all those dog kennels in shorter? What kind of pressure would that put on our, um, you know, what were they building, what kind of system were they building over the dog track to deal with the, the refuge and the sewage that would come from that? All of these things were questions we had to ask. But we... We held together, and we moved forward together. The funny thing was, though, it wasn't really funny. As the dog track gained toward completion, and they began to hire people, we noticed something very interesting. All of the front office jobs, the office jobs, the administrative jobs, No recruiting was done to fill those positions. Those positions were all filled by people from Milton McGregor's um, orbit, people who had worked for him other places. There was really nobody in the front office, even down to, you know, secretary, nobody from Shorter or many times... Nobody even from Macon County. But there were some jobs given, part-time jobs, to officials of the county. There was one official, I remember, who I believe was a county commissioner, who was given the part-time job of being parking director at the dog track. Parking director. It was his responsibility to be down there every time the track opened and supervise and make sure that the, that the cars were being let into the parking area and all was running smoothly and the parking fees were being collected. That was his job. I want to tell you that he would close down the county commission's office leave Tuskegee and drive to the dog track to do his other job. He would actually do that. It was, it was absolutely astounding the level of kickbacks and, that went on. And they justified it all. They justified it all. Well, it's just a part-time job, and it's kind of an unofficial position. Well, do you get paid for it? Well, yes, I do. My time is valuable. You know, it went on and on like that. But the main point I want to make in this episode is that the town of Shorter stood up against all those that imposed themselves on us, and we won not by using violence, not by using any kind of force, but by the law. I know that always doesn't work so well, and it sounds a little, um, you know, pollyanna to say that. But using the law, we stood up with a lot of generosity and help from other people, We stood up, we used our voices, and we used our vote to make sure that our city limits were secure and that these attempts at gerrymandering didn't survive. Next time, episode number five, we are going to talk about how The city of Shorter ran after the dog track opened, some of the challenges it faced, and how we got through them. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.